Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Morning, everybody. My name's Dave Shaw. I'm the senior leader of Global Church. I'm saying that just to, to say that uh, everybody that's watching by a live stream or a podcast, um, it's a warm welcome to you, then you know who it is that's speaking to you. Um, because many of uh, people have been listening in and watching uh, the live streams that uh, are not part of Global Church, and, uh, and many uh, don't profess to have any faith, but they just uh, have been welcomed in and, and, uh, and, and they've come and they've listened, and that's fantastic. And you're more than welcome uh to this uh, to this live stream to this podcast and so today i want to bring some hope um we are purveyors of hope we're always trying to give hope to people but just to say i am uh, broadcasting from my uh, our apartment mine and shelley's in the center of york so if you hear a piano start playing or music playing or whatever i have neighbors above me and neighbors below me we have a superb apartment here it's nice and cushy so we're uh we're, we're, we're here trying to bring some good news today and we're very fortunate uh, to live in a great nation. Uh, I don't know about you, but we were hanging out the windows, me and Shelley the other night, applauding the NHS and really applauding the frontline people, uh, which is broader than the NHS, but certainly the NHS. For you that know me, you know that I'm married to a midwife and uh, uh, Shelley's been a midwife for over 30 years and they do an amazing job, but you know, to all the NHS, um, you know what a moment that was. What a what a, uh, um, a, a, a sort of gluing together uh, of the nation, where everybody, from the greatest to the not so great, <laughs> clapping and uh, applauding for once in a long, long time. The NHS, and I'm so pleased that we've begun to recognise that they are amazing and do an amazing job and deserve a pay rise. <laughs> So, so uh, well done if you're a part of that. And uh, but I don't know about you. I've, I've it, uh, some of the scenes that I've seen um, throughout the world have been so eerie, so like uh, shocking um, in the in the quietness. Um, what's been the most shocking is not so much the city of London being quiet, but all the streets of India being quiet with nobody on them, that massive nation. And it's all gone quiet. It's all gone quiet around the earth. And uh, I don't believe for one minute that God has sent this virus. I don't believe for one minute that God is judging the world. I don't believe in that. When God judges a, the world or judges a, an individual nation, he simply takes his restraining hand off and he gives that nation over to itself and says, you rule it. If you don't want me in, that's fine. You rule it. God's not mean. He doesn't send this kind of stuff. These things happen because we live in an imperfect and a fallen world. But um, does God use it? I'm sure he does. And I think we should use it. So I want to ask the question today. What are you going to do during this enforced downtime? You can either rail against it, kick against it, complain about it, or you can use it to reinvent yourself you can use it to grow a bigger person on the inside you can use it to get to know your family 
I know some of you guys in uh, and you men and women in business uh, you are the lifeblood of this nation and and you know you have to work hard especially if you're self-employed or if you're running a company uh, or a big multinational you you know you can't just sit idle you've got to make things happen and yet during this time where things uh, are forced upon you uh, you will see what what drives you in fact we will all see what drives us what is pulling us what pushes us and sometimes we think it's we're doing it for this or we're doing it for that but underlying principles start to come to the surface and i think that it's important for us to listen to what's going on internally and just know what's making things happen in your life because now's the time to correct things or if the the, the drivers in you are right at least you can say to you the drivers and understand yourself by saying hold on the time will come to get going again but we've got to hold the horses <laughs> like the beginning of that film uh gladiator hold hold but when the time's right and it will come that time will come where you'll throw everything at it again and go running again but hopefully you'll be closer to your family more connected as a family and strong more connect, connected with your team and understanding of your 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 employees and uh and success will come faster success will come bigger because of it that's my prayer for you anyway and, you know, for people that are not in business, you're running families, you're running, uh, you're employed by people. Here's a great, here's an opportunity and a great opportunity for you to get to know what kind of person you are and to see where you want to go and make your plans for life. You know, uh, I want to have a look at the story of Job uh, this morning, but I want to say um, there is a verse in, in, in the book of Job, Job chapter 5, verse 7, and it says this, man is born to trouble as sure as sparks fly upwards. And uh, if you can imagine a, a fire, a wood fire, you know, sparks fly up, they don't fly down. And uh, so he's saying it's inevitable, inevitable. But our response to it isn't inevitable. And we are called to overcome in life. We are pre-programmed, we are hardwired to solve problems and overcome. Why do I say that? It's because we're made in the image of God. And I'm talking about the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you know which God I'm talking about, because there's, there's many pretenders to the throne, but there's only one God. Just a bit of good news as I look at the stats. I'm frustrated with the reporters because um, our Prime Minister is great at casting vision. And they're great at putting a version on his vision. They give us a version. So they irritate me so often, they're the newscasters. Uh, because they're not politicians, the newscasters, but they come with their slant. Be careful of that. And they tell us how many people have been infected and how many people have died. What they don't tell us is how many people have survived. And I've just looked at the uh, World Health Organization um, uh, website and I found that about uh, 622,000, uh, there are 622,000 cases uh, worldwide of people who have contracted the the virus of them just short of 29,000 sadly have died but 137,000 have survived and been given a clean bill of health 137,000 have survived 28,000 plus have, have died but 137,000 have lived been cleared 
and they're, they're not walking the streets. <laughs> They'll still be in lockdown, but they have been cleared. And of the, um, the 456,000 cases left still ongoing, um, there are only 24,000. This is worldwide. There are only 24,000 that are critical. And that doesn't even mean that they will die because many, many people survive. And, uh, and I wish they would put these stats out because otherwise they're pushing fear into people's lives that, that, that uh, shouldn't be there. We should be purveyors of hope. And when a visionary casts vision, we need to get behind the visionary. And, uh, you know, and good old Boris is he's, he's, he's putting his best foot forward. And, uh, you know, let us a nation, let's get round him. We can do more with vision than with negativity, I'm telling you. So here we go. I want to just read to you a little bit from Mark chapter 2. It's the Gospel of Mark. And uh, Jesus had just started his, what we call his ministry, where he's out meeting people, teaching and preaching the, the good news of the kingdom of heaven. He was a purveyor of hope. And um, he went and he healed people and he delivered people from evil spirits. And, uh, and, you know, people that were oppressed by the devil, you know, mental health issues and stuff. And, all sorts of things, diseases that were incurable. Jesus cured them. Why? Because he's the creator. And even during this time, it is my prayer that more and more people get healed of this virus. And, you know, even today, we will have an opportunity for you to be prayed for and uh, to receive healing uh, if you've been, if you're in lockdown because you've contracted the virus. So here we go. It's uh, Mark chapter one, sorry. Mark chapter one, verse 40. <clears throat> and it says, a man with leprosy, in other words, a man who is, who is in social isolation, a man with leprosy came to him, Jesus, and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And lepers in those days, once you contracted leprosy, there was no cure for it. It was a slow, painful, humiliating death. And, um, and a person with leprosy had to uh, self-isolate. And if they were walking around, they'd have a bell and they'd have to ring that bell and cry out, unclean, unclean. And everybody would give them a wide berth. And they were the outcasts of society. And this man with uh, a self-imposed uh, isolation, socially isolated, he came to Jesus as he was. And you know, you and I can come to Jesus as we are. And he isn't here walking in a room. Uh, physically, Jesus is in heaven. He ascended uh, after the resurrection, but he sent the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit brings the very presence of Jesus Christ. And even as you're watching, even in your living room or your bedroom or wherever you're watching from, the Holy Spirit can bring the very presence of Jesus to you as you are. Not trying to get everything sorted out in life, but you can bring Jesus to you as you are. And Jesus will meet you where you are. He's amazing. And it says this, after the man had begged Jesus, if you are willing, you may make me clean. It says in verse 41, filled with compassion. That's Jesus, filled with compassion. Compassion is a, is a determination to change the situation a person is in for good. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. 
Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. The touch of Jesus is powerful. And in this downtime, I want to encourage you to call out on the name of Jesus and say, Jesus, touch my life, touch my marriage, touch my children's life, touch my, the life of my business. It's dead, but I know you're the God of the resurrection. There's an old uh, spiritual hymn that says he touched me and made me whole. And I'm a big Elvis Presley fan. You can tell by the haircut. Um, and I like that, you know, when I love listening to gospel songs sung by Elvis. And when he sings that song, it's so inspiring. And he says, since I met this blessed saviour and since he cleansed and made me whole, I'll never cease to praise him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. And he shouts out the prayers and he worships Jesus. And it's an amazing thing to have the touch of Jesus on your life, the touch of Jesus on your marriage. That's important. Maybe you're not married, but you know what I'm saying? If you're living together, if you're, if, if you're committed to each other, you've got to live with each other in the downtime. And uh, the latest statistics out is, tell us that uh, domestic violence has risen by 20%. Because now we're, we're, we're in close contact with each other and there's no break. And we're, now we're going to have to learn how to love. It's not a Bible study on love. It's now putting that Bible study into practice about love. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love keeps no record of wrongs. <laughs> it's painful, but it's true. So you just say, but it's impossible. Of course it's impossible. Living the Christian life is totally impossible. We're meant to have God living on the inside of us and living his life through us. So what we read in the Bible is the potential that we can become. It's I'm showing you with my hands. <laughs> we, used to do, we used to do school's work and we had a form brick. It's just a form brick, but it looked like a, 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 what we call an akinori, a red brick. And we used to put a glove, Andy we called him, put the glove on the red brick and we'd command Andy to pick up the brick. And we'd say, Andy, pick up the brick. And nothing happened. And then we get all the school kids to go, Andy, pick up the brick. So that Andy, pick up the brick. Nothing happened. And we said, that's what it's like trying to live God's way without God. So, you know, religion wants you to live like that. Religion says this is what you should do. Christianity says this is what you can do. So what's the difference? Well, we would put our hand in the brick. No, we wouldn't. We'd put our hand in the glove. And we'd say, tell Andy to pick up the brick. So that all the kids would go, Andy, pick up the brick. And we'd just get hold of the phone brick and then whiz it at one of the kids who thought it was a proper brick coming at him. And I remember this young kid, you know, he came out with a lot of unidentified flying adjectives as, uh, as the brick hit him. But it was only a phone brick, thankfully. But it's the same when the Holy Spirit moves in, into your life, life enters. And you can do the things that only God could do. You can live God's life here and now. It's amazing. So let Jesus touch you. Touch your life, every area of your life, financial area, relationship area, emotional area, spiritual area. People talk about keeping fit and mental health, and that's great during this time. Physical things are good for this life, but spiritual training is good 
forever, for eternity. And it's important that we train ourselves. And uh, let me finish today's talk with really a, a picture of a man who went through a terrible time in his life. He lost all his sons and daughters. He lost all his properties. He was the richest man out there in the, uh, in, in the East, uh, the Bible says. And he was called Job. And uh, yeah, Job, an interesting character. And he always did what God wanted him to do. It's funny, you can do the right thing and still have bad outcomes in your life. And often we think it's because I'm a bad person, God's against me and stuff. It isn't that. And often we don't know why bad things happen to good people. But our response, if that's you today, you're doing everything right. You've, been, you've paid your bills on time and now your business has gone to the wall. Or you've done well by your family. You've provided for your family and they haven't turned out the way that you wanted them to turn out. Or you gave yourself into your marriage, but they just walked out of your life. And you think, I'm a failure. I, you, you know, what have I done wrong? And it, it, it's not necessarily just you. People have got choices. Life hits. Man is born to trouble as sure as, as, sure as, sure as sparks fly upwards, as I was saying earlier. And Job, he even he was so righteous, he'd even said prayers on behalf of his sons and daughters. He'd offer sacrifices because he was part of the Old Testament. And uh, a way of being, being made right with God was bringing a sacrifice and uh, so, you know, he would do that even on behalf of his kids. But he lost everything. Um, just in a short space of time, he lost everything. And like us, he was totally disorientated. But after a while, his writings reveal what kind of person he was. He was a righteous person, but he was a fearful person. And he said in Job chapter 3, verses 25 and 26, he said, What I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. And maybe that's you today. And I want to say, raise your gaze. Lift up your eyes. And if you have no faith, if you, but faith is it's a gift from God. Ask Jesus, say, come and touch my life. Faith will be born. It's like a light bulb moment going on. It's like, I've been told this and told this and told this, and all of a sudden you get it. And faith is born, and faith then has to be nurtured and encouraged. And that's why we meet as church, because it's to strengthen our faith. And we grow in, in, you know, in faith by the actions that we take and by the way we treat people. We learn faith in everyday life. But here's what I want to say. He lost everything. He lost his family. I mean, they died. And there was only his wife that lived. And his wife turned around and said, why don't you curse God and, and uh, you know, give him up type of thing. And, uh, and Job said, you're speaking like a foolish woman. No encouragement coming from his partner. No encouragement whatsoever. But he was a man of faith. And this is what he said at the beginning of his trials. And I want to encourage you to say these kind of words. He said, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as pure gold. Job chapter 23, verse 10. When he has tested me, not that God had sent the test, but God had used the test uh, to form something new in Job. And he says, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as pure gold. You know, faith takes everything that happens to a person and offers it back to God and just says, God, now then, we'll walk through this together. And it's got to go through his force field. It's got to go through his shield to get to us. And so when it does come to us, whatever it is in life, 
we know that it's had to go through his force field first. And, and the Bible says, no temptation will overtake you. I will, will, uh, is greater than you. Uh, God will always give you a way out through your faith. The question today is, have you got faith? It's so easy to have faith. Jesus said, you've got to come as a little child. Not childishly, but childlike. Just come and trust. Say, God, if you're there. You know, C.S. Lewis, the great writer, uh, he's, he called himself the most reluctant convert in Britain. He just, because he was such an academic, he was such a thinker, and he resented Christianity and, and Tolkien it was that we believe that influenced him a lot and eventually overwhelmed with the, the wealth of evidence that there is a God and that Jesus is real. Um, he surrendered his life to Christ and, uh, you know, what a, what, you know, an amazing fella in many ways. But he called himself the most reluctant convert and uh, it's for you to come as a child and say, God, touch my life. Take this opportunity off your life. It might be in bits. It might be just on hold. Um, but whatever it is, why don't you turn your life over to God and allow him to begin to walk you through life, walk you, th walk you through all the issues that you have to, uh, to go through in life. Let him be your partner all the way through. One of Job's friends said this, a great verse. He just said in, in Job chapter 8, verse 7, he said, Your beginnings will seem humble, so prosperous will your future be. And I want to speak that out to somebody today. Your beginnings, no matter how brilliant you thought your business was, or your family, or whatever, or your church, you, may be, you might be a church leader uh, listening in today. Your beginnings will seem humble, so prosperous will your future be? And then in, right at the end of the story, Job had lost everything. He went through a questioning time with God and uh, he wanted to question God about all sorts of things and God never answered anything. But I think he answered, his answers were more like 32 questions coming back to Job. Um, but at the end of the story, it says, it says in Job chapter 42, verse 10, the Lord made Job prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before. God made him prosperous again. Are you listening to me? God made him prosperous again. It's the clue. It's the clue. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and made him whole. Let God come into your life during this time. And he says, the Lord made Job prosperous again and gave him twice as much as he had before if god's done it once before he can do it again and again and again honestly you're listening to somebody who lost his house and his car during the credit crunch lost his name and people said all sorts of bad things about me <laughs> nasty pieces of work <laughs> totally forgiven they're all forgiven I'm, you know, I'm too serious about my future to hold on to resentments and, and, and unforgiveness. No, 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 I've forgiven it all. But here's the thing, a new day was birthed. And uh, and the things that were precious in my life are still in my life. And that, that's great. So I'm talking from experience and I'm talking from the Bible. Put them two things together. That is a powerful force. And uh, I want to encourage you. The God that's, that made you prosperous once can make you prosperous again. You might have lost everything. And I want to say, keep going, keep believing, because uh, Job, God gave him double for his trouble. 
whatever trouble you're going through at this moment in time, whatever you've lost, God will give you double for your trouble. And last of all, it says this, and this is for us all. It says, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job, Job's life more than the first. Job chapter 42, verse 12. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job, Job's life, life more than his first. And uh, I want to say that we've just started this, this new decade, 2020, right through to 2030. Let the rest of this decade be the best of this decade. I said last week, let, let the rest of this year be the best of this year. You say it's impossible. And I want to say nothing is impossible with Almighty God, the one who spoke everything into being. He said, let there be and there was light. Let there be and there was land. Let there be and there was sea. Look how magnificent the seas are. Just, just by the word, it happened. Almighty God, there is nothing too difficult for him. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 